0: Many, many moons ago, when I was in the police force as a young fella, who joined when I was 20 and uh, wasn't there for very long. Um, and that was because they moved me to Alice Springs, and I was like, I didn't want to go there at the time, doing stuff for God here. Um, choice I made to leave, but um, <laughs> we, we were, one night we had to go and serve a summons to people. So a summons will get people, and um, obviously, you drop off a bit of paper. And they come and present themselves in court one day. So we're off doing this summons and back in those days we didn't have GPS and things like that. So the summons was to be served to a person in Humpty Doo and sort of the back of Humpty Doo, which people you know don't want to be found, right? They're like, leave us alone, we don't want you here. And so we looked at the map and there's this crazy road coming off near Nunamar through the bush, over the river and stuff like that. So I went out with my partner at time, and we're driving, wet season, bit muddy drive along this track and then there's this rusty old bridge over a river and we hit it and the car went clunk and we kept going and we made it to this guy's house and uh, pulled up. It was actually really nice. <laughs> Once we got past the shotgun and the dogs it was good. No, It was a nice guy. I don't even remember what the summons was for but I was thinking man this journey's tough. You know we, we're going to do something and give this guy the summons, go to court, whatever. Anyway we give him give him the summons and he goes, oh, when you leave, if you just turn left, there's a main road there. <laughs> Not on the map. And I was like, oh, you know, like we almost got bogged. It was, it was good fun, don't get me wrong. It was adventurous and I loved it. But I probably would have chosen that path maybe anyway. But there was a much easier way. And I was thinking and reflecting about life this week in terms of regret. All right. Um, yeah, I know this isn't anything to do with serving and I've had to put that on hold. Uh, because I just had to Uh, I had had another sermon about us all carrying the load together blah blah and um, but (laughs) this is about regret in life and I think it got brought on by a friend's funeral the guys you know in his sort of mid-50s died and I was thinking about life and and things like that which is a good thing to do by the way just think about your life how things are going and what just came to my mind was that word regret and how I don't know have you ever heard anyone say I don't regret anything in my life I would do it all again I wouldn't man I made some stupid mistakes I really wish I never made them I was looking for this destination just like we were trying to drop off that that summons you know and I I went the hard way and for some reason people seem to think that going the hard way is better I tell you it's not and I remember watching movies where where people were battling their way through the bush, and then they come out to this beach that they were looking for, and there's a hotel there, and there's people, you know, sipping cocktails by the pool, and they'd come in by jet boat and plane and whatever it was, and they were having a whale of a time at this destination. And these guys were wrecked from trying to find it. And I really think that this is one of the biggest lies that we can swallow in this world, that, you know, I wouldn't change any things, because it's made me who I am. But guess what? Sometimes who we are is absolutely horrible. Sometimes who we are is broken. Sometimes who we are, which is a good thing, by the way, I'll re-explain it in a minute. But that whole whole thing of having no regrets, it's not good. In fact, the only reason that we come to Christ is because we regret what's happened in our past. Now, while we need to recognize that, that we need to have regret in order to change, we don't want to live with it, right? We don't want it to be that because we've acted in a certain way, traveled down a certain path, gone a certain direction, that, that that we're now living with that regret and staying in it because we can't do that. And there's a passage we're going to look at in Corinthians in a minute where that's exactly what had happened, that that, that Paul, Paul had actually written a church to the Corinthians, uh, sorry, a letter to the where he's telling him some harsh truths, realities, and, and he was unsure of what was happening because he'd sent the letter but heard nothing back. And then he got news back, I think it was from Titus, we'll, we'll read it in a minute anyway, where, where there's this joy that suddenly bubbled up because Paul was like, I really was regretting writing that letter because it was so harsh, but I actually don't regret it because it's brought change in your life. And so the regret that he was feeling was that I didn't want to have to say this, but I've said it, I don't regret it. I didn't know what was going on, but now I hear the good news back. You've changed. You've turned your life around, guys. And now because of what has happened, I have such great joy in you. Throw that out this morning, really talk about what does that mean? To be able to have regret because we must have regret. Surely no one sitting here this morning is happy with every decision they've ever made. Are you happy? Are you happy for the pain and the heartache that it caused someone else? For the pain and the heartache it caused you? And, and the thing is, most of our regret comes ar- around because of bad decisions. Two different things. One is I regret, like I regret hitting my finger with a chainsaw, but it's not a sinful thing, it's an accident. But there's a whole lot of regret that's come out because of our bad behavior, like marriages that break up because of bad behavior, friendships that are destroyed because of bad behavior, businesses that fall down because of cheating and lying. And it's that when we sin, there is always a victim, always a victim. Now, if we can go through life and go, I'm so glad that happened, we are forgetting that we have caused pain and heartache to someone else somewhere along the way because of our decisions and our behavior that has affected their life in a way that could be absolutely grievous to them. Great for you. I uh, have no regrets. I'm glad I did know it can't work like that. Because sin always has a victim every single time someone is paying the price for what i have decided to do when i walk away from god when i don't follow after his word and i think that my way is better it's the hard way and i'll learn but just remember someone always gets hurt whether it's you or them someone always gets hurt so let's read read the passage it's in um 2 Corinthians, chapter 7, and, I, and I'm going to start at what? Started, verse 5 here. Five redirection. With battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy, but so was the news that he brought of the encouragement he received from you, when he told us how much you longed to see me and how sorry you are for what had happened and how loyal you are to me I was filled with joy I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you though I I was sorry at first for I know it was painful you to you for a little while but now I am glad I sent it not because it hurt you but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways it was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have so you were not harm by us in any way for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation there's no regret for that kind of sorrow but worldly sorrow which lacks repentance results in spiritual death so what he's saying is this that the, the regret that you come from the sorrow that comes from the sorrow that God gives you is great because it forces you to change and the word that they use there is repent which is simply this turn around and go the other direction. And this but only for a while. Sometimes when the truth is revealed to you it's like this is a truth but then there's two options that we have in life. One, we can either change. Two, we can keep going the same way that we're going right now and remember this that when we are sorrowful about something it doesn't mean that we're repenting of it it doesn't mean that we're turning around and walking towards God because we can be sorry for so many reasons I'm sorry I got caught I'm sorry for the result of what I did I'm sorry I didn't hide it better But what happens with that? It never produces change in our life and the fruit that comes isn't real. It's a sorry. It's like I'm really sorry but, but I think of it like this that, that it's like we put it down for a little while but then we pick it up again. I'm so sorry I was angry at you. Let me put it down. Let me get angry at you again. Let me put it down. Let me get angry at you again. Let me put it down. You see, that sort of sorrow doesn't produce change in our life where we're we're sorry for the moment but not sorry for the action. See, sorrow is just a a feeling that we have, but we need to replace that with an act, and that's what godly sorrow does. It forces change in our life, and it produces repentance. Spurgeon talks about it when we're thinking about repenting, we, we often have this, this whole thing of, no, I need to, to give this up before I go to God. But, but what he says is this, think of it this way. When you turn towards God, what are you going to do? You're going to walk away from sin. So this is it. I've been angry. I'm turning away from you, anger. I'm walking away and walking towards God. Where's that sin left? In the past, behind me. I've dropped it. I've let it go. And it could be a million things in your life. I love how the Bible addresses it. Like like for the thief, it says, if you have stolen, don't steal anymore. Instead, labor hard with your hands. Work really hard and produce good things so that you can give to other people. And this is something that that I wonder If perhaps we we think repentance is this, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for forgiving me, Jesus. But I'm actually not turning towards you. I'm just going down the same path, but I'm forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. I'll keep picking it up. You keep forgiving me. Let's play that silly game. But that moment in our life when we actually get a godly sorrow is amazing because we look at what has happened and we turn around. You're like, that's not the way God tells me to live. I'm living this way. I've stopped walking with, the, with, with um, the contamination of that sin in my life, and now I'm walking towards a purity with God, which actually releases me into freedom. And do you know what else it does? It changes your situation. It turns things around, because perhaps you're in a marriage where, where things aren't working because you're not doing it God's way. And all of a sudden you begin to obey his word and things change. Your marriage turns from something disastrous and I know this can happen because I've seen it more than once where where in all honesty she should leave you. A hundred percent she should leave you. But God's grace crept in and people changed. Someone woke up to themselves and said, you're right. She should leave me. I now am in this place of regret, but not a regret that, oh no, I'm losing everything. I'm losing this person that, that really, really I need. But it's like, I've done this so wrong. I've dishonored my wife. I have, have not loved her the way that Christ loved the church. And I need a change. And you know what? Even if I lose this relationship, even if I lose my business, even if I lose my house, I don't care. I need to turn around and follow Jesus. And regardless of the consequence, because of my actions, I'm going to follow him, why is that? Because whatever has been stolen from you, when you give yourself completely to God, it will be restored. But in a much better way. Because the blessings that we try and gain for ourselves, they always add a sorrow with them. But, but whatever comes from the Lord, the Bible says, has no sorrow with it. Because it's not gained by manipulation or cheating or lying or stealing or, or dishonest gains. It's pure. It's pure. It's clean. It's righteous. And it's everlasting from our heavenly Father. It's treasure that is actually built and stored up in heaven. Really, it's this, turning away, getting rid of the old, but putting on the new. And I have to ask that question to us today. You might have received Jesus. Maybe you've even put off some of the old stuff. But have you put on the new stuff? Have you changed your clothes? Have you made a decision in your mind and in your heart and in your soul? That it's not just about giving up my old way, but it's living in the new way that Jesus wants for me. And I love in this passage when you read through that in in one sorry second Corinthians seven when you get down to verse eleven and I and, and I look at this and I'm like, does this describe me? Does this describe my Christian life? That it's not just what I used to be like, but the change has brought about in me, this understanding, this regret of what has happened has brought about a sorrow in me that pushes me to a different life. I remember watching a documentary on on one of the ladies in America who is basically heading up Abortion clinics, fighting so hard to get kids killed. And the Christians that were outside the place where she worked were just standing there quietly, day after day, not abusing them, not hating them. They were certainly in conflict, there's no doubt about that. But one day, for some reason, through the love of these people, her heart changed she became an advocate for kids the unborn that were being murdered around the place and started speaking out against it saying how wrong it was knowing from the inside what had happened but she gave up that and turned to this new way of living and and just as the bible said as i said before about the the thief it wasn't that they just stopped stealing And it's not about making reparation. It's not about us working hard to feel good or or get good with God because that forgiveness is his gift to us. But the understanding of a thief that said, I can't believe what I was like. let just rip off from people. They worked really hard for it. For some reason I thought it was my right to just go and grab it and walk out. Make it mine. Victims. Sin. Victims. Person been working hard, saving hard, bought that thing, didn't matter. I deserve that. You see, the change wasn't just don't steal anymore, it was make a change. How is it that you've behaved in the past? Have you disrespected women? Have you disrespected men? Are you now working to make sure that's not happening somewhere else? Where you're cheating, a liar, and now are you now an honest, an honorable person fighting for that? fighting against corruption? Were you a business owner that that was dishonest with their taxes and, and cheated people and just was greedy for money? Have you now become a generous person? You might have given up that part, but have you turned around? Have you turned around? From being greedy to generous, from stealing to giving, from hating to loving... What is it that's happened in your life? So let's read what it says. This is a result of godly sorrow in our lives, guys. And, you know, I would hope, and I know it's true, sometimes I'll come up here and deliver a message that's quite pointed, quite hard, and it's hard. But my hope is that somehow, if if it applies to me in any way, if it applies to you in any way, that I would go away sorrowful. Not for the point of wallowing in that sorrow, but to produce change. So listen to what the change was there. Just see what this godly sorrow produced in you. Such earnestness. I'm now full on. I'm earnest. Such a concern to clear yourselves. In other words, I'm going to make sure this is done right now. Such indignation. I'll just go back to that in a minute. Such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal and such a readiness to punish wrong. You show that you have done everything necessary to make things right. I remember reading through a book by Charles Finney. And I want you to think about this with your life. Charles Finney was a a revivalist in America. And um, his actual thing was with sin, make sure you name it in your life. You know how we can be very general? I'm sorry, God, if I've sinned today. That's like the apology, oh, if I've hurt you, I'm sorry. But he said, examine your heart. What are the things that you've done wrong today that you need to get right with God? What is it? Make it right. And his other observation was this. If you can look back on a sin in your past, perhaps you were wild, drunk, partying, taking drugs, having sex with everyone, whatever it was, and you look upon it fondly, you have never repented of that sin. Interesting, right? So if you look back on your life before Jesus, when you're off doing stuff, whatever you wanted, you're like, they were great times. You haven't cleared it with God, really. You've just stopped. You haven't put on the new, because like, when you read that, it says, such indignation, such alarm. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that sin is not beautiful in any way whatsoever. Never good. And so what I'd like to encourage us to do is make sure we do have regret. Don't think like the world. I did it my way. And just because I did it my way, that makes everything I did all right. It doesn't. Christians, we're called to this life where we are living differently. Differently to the world around us. Differently to how we used to live. And the difference is this, Jesus Christ. And a baby this morning that you've never given your heart to him. You've never accepted the, the, the gift of the cross, which we were singing about before. The cross, what's so important about it? Jesus died for your sin on the cross. It's God's way to bring us back into relationship with him was to have that sacrifice. But he didn't just die. He rose again. So that we could also have new life just like him. Those that believe in him could have new life. Now, this morning you might think, yeah, but I'm pretty bad. Surely God can't forgive me from that. I have to get everything right before I come to him. Not true. Come to him. Then you'll leave your sin behind. So if that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray. I get you to pray with me. You can ask Jesus to come into your life and become a follower of his. If that's you, just pray with me now. Father God, I just want to thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sin. I'm sorry. I want to change my life today. I want to live for you please forgive me from this day on I want to be your child in Jesus name, Amen thanks guys music team come up and worship um, <laughs> newsflash <laughs> If you want prayer for anything this morning, please come forward. Otherwise, I'd love you to just remain in a a state where you're just like uh, allowing God to search your heart. You know, God, is there something? Where do I need to change? Where do I need to turn towards you? Thank you, Neil. Let's stand and sing only by the cross for our closing song. And then we'll close the service. Only by